CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to Boarding Party. On this podcast, if you don't already know, you're about to, we talk to some of today's funniest comedians about their secret geek obsessions. And a lot of times we're finding it's not a secret at all. And there's no reason for it to be a secret, but we're billing it as a secret Um, because secrets are sexy. Secrets sell. Secrets get clicks. They get downloads. So for our purposes, everyone's obsession is a secret and it's filthy. So this week, sharing her filthy secret obsession with the squeaky clean, really, Harry Potter uh, series franchise, I would say, is Karen Chi. Karen is a very funny comedian and a writer for Late Night with Seth Meyers. In fact, you've probably seen her on the show. She's wonderful, and she has a an essentially a lifelong love of the Harry Potter books, movies, of Harry Potter quizzes, of Butterbeer. And we're going to talk to her about all of that and more, plus what it's like to write at Late Night with Seth Meyers. Another thing to note that is fun for the next few episodes, we are going to do a whole bunch of conversations, not just with comedians who are also geeks, but specifically who are big geeks for Harry Potter because his birthday is coming up and we wanted to celebrate the best way we know how by talking about him, by talking about how much we love Harry Potter, the books, the movies, fanfic, the fandom in general, how much we love the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Orlando, all that stuff. So definitely check it out if you're a fan of Harry Potter. And if not, well, after these podcasts, you're going to be. Because why aren't you? What's going on there? It's it's really fun. It's for the whole family. If you missed it as a kid, that's okay. Get on board. Anyway, so that's what we're going to be talking about with some of your favorite comedians, their obsession with Harry Potter. But first... We're talking to Karen Chi, big old Harry Potter fan. Karen, first, thanks so much for doing this. I'm very excited uh, that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, so stoked. I'm okay. So we always start. I ask every guest mm-hmm. the question: Do you consider yourself a geek? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I have a very like obsessive personality. Oh. So they're like large things in the world where I'm like I don't know anything about this and I'm I don't care and then other things where I'm like I have to know every single detail is that that um sort of completist is that it or it's more just like I you just really engage with something once you like it oh that's a good question I think a mix of both probably yeah. um because if I start something and I don't like it I'll stop like I mm-hmm. I read a lot of books but I'm very happy to stop reading a book if I think it's bad I I remember the day I realized that was an option, how liberating it was. It's so great. My grandpa one time was just like, life is too short to read like a bad book. And I was like, grandpa, that's smart. (laughs) And it's like, okay, after 50 pages, I think I got it. Yeah. I don't think this is going to get magically better. A hundred percent. Yeah. So spoiler alert, (laughs) we're mostly going to talk about Karen's love of Harry Potter. Yes. But is there any thing 
doesn't even have to be like geek or genre related that typifies something that you've just had to completely learn about or obsess over. I okay because it was also kind of bottomless which was exciting but frustrating oh, at the same time. Sure. I got very into like British satire and like sitcoms and stuff when I was in high school but very specifically you can sort of trace like generations of different comedians and so mm-hmm. I remember watching panel shows and being like oh my god David Mitchell is so funny. Exactly bread and milk is a bad idea people do it gives them diarrhea and they dry out. Um, really feed <laughs> bread and milk to any mammal, including yeah. humans. But there is a Radio 4 show. Oh, do- come off it. <laughs> well, you through. shouldn't feed humans bread and milk. No, not oh, really. What, what do you mean, not really? <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> demonstrably fine. No, it's not very good for you. But it's fine. Bread and butter. <laughs> drinking milk and eating bread for ages. Why is it suddenly a massive problem? Oh, yeah. no, actually, are we supposed to live till we're 250? But no, <laughs> we've been eating all this poisonous bread and milk all the time. <laughs> barely live past 90. <laughs> and then realizing he was in shows with Robert Webb. So I watched all of those and read about them and then realized they were inspired by, like, Fry and Lorian. Well, a bit of a surprise piece of news here. We, we don't normally do news stories, but this one, this one does seem fairly major. It would be silly to ignore it. Um, according to a Reuters news flash, uh, the British government has apparently just been bought by Honda. Then I watched those and they were inspired by, like, Monty Python. I watched those and they were inspired by, like, uh, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. And I just kept going further and further back and now I have this insane, like, map in my head of, like, 20th century British satire. I'm fascinated by all this, specifically that it was going on in high school. Yeah. (laughs) I was really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Of all the things that high schoolers could get really into, I do think that that is a pretty cool one. There's some pretty... Like, as an adult, I would call un- uncool or things I would rather my teen not be obsessed with. Ooh, I think fair. that's what I'm trying to say. Are you thinking about drugs? I think I'm thinking about um, drugs. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it were, if my teen came to me and said, should I be obsessed with drugs or should I be obsessed with British satire? I'd be like, mm, let me ask your father. No, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely say British satire. Wow. And you worked backward. Yeah, I because I found that like duo of people was just like, oh, like, how did you get here? And then I kept going backwards. And then I remember being excited and then also kind of frustrated when it branched mm-hmm. out laterally because I was like, oh, no, this tree just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah. It never ends. Yeah, it never ends. Eventually, you'll get into what I almost just said. What was before TV? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly did. I went for I went far enough back to like Flanders and Swan, who are these mm. duo that used to do concert halls and sing funny songs. And yes. I think they were just ex- like the latest they got. I think were just on the radio, and I would hear YouTube recordings of record record like of records that somebody mm-hmm. had. Re- and so it was just like the worst quality. And I was like, I must listen to all these. Yeah, it's sort yeah. of an ancient podcast in yes, a way. Truly, <laughs> wow. So, to bring it full circle, <laughs> radio is just ancient podcasting. Okay, so definitely a geek and definitely has, yeah, it seems like that is a hallmark of, well, certainly I think everyone who's been on this podcast, but a lot of people who consider themselves geeks, it's like, yeah, I don't know everything, but man, the stuff that I do know, I've gone deep. Yes. <laughs> Before we dive into Harry Potter, I feel like I, I really struggled with what is like the first question you ask someone who's a Harry Potter fan. And I think it's got to be, what house are you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm a Ravenclaw. Whoa, Ravenclaw. Yeah. <laughs> Rare. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think Gryffindor is obviously super popular. Mm-hmm. And then I think New York has lots of Slytherins. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I wonder if that's 
just how it breaks down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) New York, and I'll go out on a limb and say specifically the entertainment industry. And remember, Mm -hmm. Slytherins are not evil. Right. Remember this. Not But lots of Slytherins. Not all. Yeah. But but I think lots of Slytherins. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, is that a conclusion you arrived at on your own or did you take the Pottermore quiz? Um, I both. So I arrived to it on my own and then I took the Pottermore quiz. (laughs) Just my level Mm -hmm. of nerdiness is going to be very embarrassing. But I also took, okay, so Time Magazine did this quiz that was created by a whole bunch of like scientists who were studying personalities and stuff. And they did an entire breakdown and then also gave you a percentage breakdown afterwards of how much of each house you were. Because they were saying everyone's like a mix of them. I took it and was like, great, I'm a Ravenclaw on all three fronts. And then I sent the quiz to all of my friends being like, you must take this. I need to know what your percentage breakdowns are. Did they? Yeah, they did. And I had them screenshot and send it back. And I was like, this is very cool. Okay, was it accurate, though? Were you like, oh, what? You are not a Hufflepuff. No, I think it weirdly was very accurate because there are other quizzes that exist in the world where it's really sure. obvious which answer correlates which house it'll be like, oh yeah like every quiz yeah. in 17 magazine does he like you and yeah. you just pick all the ones that are like well he calls me back all the time <laughs> even though you've like never spoken on the phone at the yeah. end you're like he loves me a hundred percent yeah yeah i think people do that and then it helps pick you know whatever answer they actually want so it'll be like when i wake up in the morning i feel brave and courageous <laughs> like nobody ever feels that way no um but this one i think was trickier from what i remember and so i think people answered honestly and they would oh, give yeah. you yeah um i remember taking the uh pottermore quiz wait yes what house are you okay. i can't believe i didn't ask well so i'll okay i'm a hufflepuff i know hufflepuff I'm a proud Hufflepuff. No, that's the best. I've always identified. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I've always identified as Hufflepuff. When I have told many people in my life that I am a Hufflepuff, Mm -hmm. their reaction is that it's completely incorrect, that it's wrong. It couldn't possibly be. Mm -hmm. And it it does make me wonder, am I? (laughs) I don't know. But I've taken it. It's like, and I, I do think in hindsight, it was I answered a lot of questions about like loving animals and nature. Yeah. I wouldn't consider those my defining day to day characteristics, but I do think that's what got me sorted into Hufflepuff. Yes. So Wait, yes. why do you think you're not a Hufflepuff? Because I think I have other like more dominant characteristics that are probably somewhere between Ravenclaw and Gryffindor. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. But not according to Pottermore. And that to me is it's gospel. Fine. Yeah, that's if, fair. Yeah. Because uh, I really like talking about this to figure, especially if I'm meeting like a new group of friends who mm-hmm. are like about our age. I feel like everyone knows the references of Harry Potter mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and then it's a good way to sort of get people talking about themselves. Sure. But I will say a very fun thing I've noticed is people either pick a house based on what they how they think they come across or what they value. Mm. And that's always interesting because I think... I can see you being a Hufflepuff because I can see you valuing, like, kindness and, like, yeah. consistency and, like, re- like being a good person over the other houses. But I can also see you being like, wait, hold on. I'm also, like, charismatic. And that's not necessarily what you think of. Yeah. I'm also not boring. No. no. <laughs> I love Hufflepuff. And I, I agree. I think it's, like, the things, what are you versus what do you value? Yes. And if it's what do I value, a thousand percent. Yeah. Hufflepuff. Yeah. And I, I'm not trying to trade it in. I love Hufflepuff. <laughs> Um, okay, well, now that we have that sorted, mm-hmm. 
Thank you. Um, that was the worst <laughs> that thing was, I've ever done. No, it was beautiful. I'm glad we had a moment of silence after mm-hmm. for it. I really apologize. <laughs> um, what was your first encounter with Harry Potter? I remember, so I have an older brother who is six years older than me. And so mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I was like obsessed with him and did everything mm-hmm. he did and thought he was the coolest person in the world. I like still do. When I was in kindergarten or first grade, he was solidly like obsessed and like in middle school and like able to read on his own, you sure. know, um, and would be reading these like thick books. And I was just like, what is this? And I recall him reading the books out loud to me before I was old enough to like actually read the full books on my own. I think it's so like maybe. Nice. Yeah, he's so nice. Um, and I remember we didn't know how to pronounce a lot of the words. Like Hermione, I think he always mispronounced until the movies came sure. out. Just because we had never met a Hermione before. I, I think very few people have. Yes. That's a tough one. Yeah. And then uh, we always thought it was Cyrus Black, not Sirius mm. Black. Because we were just like, there's no way someone's name is Sirius. That's like too stupid. <laughs> yeah, it can't. <laughs> yeah. Surely it's. Cyrus. It's yeah. not the serious XM thing. No, like, that would can't. be crazy. Uh, and then it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the books. That was your first. And now, were you reading, well, you and your brother mm-hmm. reading the books? Was this before there were any films? Were there films that were coming out? Yeah. But you guys were focused on the books like how did that fall i should have double checked this i'm 90 percent sure that we read the books when i was in starting when i was in maybe first grade together and then i think when i was in third grade the first movie came out because i remember going to the theater and watching it with my parent like our whole family went together and my brother was so excited and also demanded that he was seated alone <laughs> so he sat maybe with a friend actually i think but he sat slightly separately from the rest of us mm. um and i sat with my parents and the first movie is, like, very scary for young children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my mom being like, like, you can open your eyes now. And, like, oh. sort of helping me watch this movie that I wanted to so badly enjoy. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, yeah, you were in third grade. He's six years older. So yeah. he was in... A freshman in yeah, high school so who had to out. go to a movie with his parents and younger sister. Yeah, he was yeah. like, this is fine, but I will be sitting yes. in a different row. Yeah. Sure, that's right around the age that it kicks in. Okay, so... Did you have the feeling of like, oh, this thing that I've loved is now coming to life in front of me? Or was it just like, oh, yeah, it's like a movie? I actually I don't know if I I actually don't remember. But I the one part I do remember is I was like, oh, my God, other people know about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I think it was because I had an older brother that none of my friends who were my age in elementary school, especially in the early elementary school years, knew Mm -hmm. what Harry Potter was. Um and so it was just like a cool thing we did at home. And then when it was a movie, I was just like, oh, my gosh, the whole world knows this story. Yeah. yeah. So when you first were reading the books, it sounds like you loved it partially because it's you loved it, but partially because your brother. Yeah, but I think so. did you like did you fall in right away or did it take some time? I think I fell in right away. Okay. Um, I especially when I was younger, had an insane sort of um, imaginative life that I would often it would just sort of be my world and mm-hmm. then I'd be like oh wait this this isn't true you know sort of a thing mm-hmm. and I think Harry Potter one of the coolest things about it is that it's so um it's written kind of like a puzzle piece in a way that just fits right in with the way we currently view the world and you're like oh I mean obviously none of this is true but it could be <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she like allows for like people like us who don't know about it's just this I sound insane but it's like not at all when I was a child I was like oh because my barrier 
whatever that is of suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. was so much lower. I was immediately like, yes, I believe in this. Yeah. <laughs> when I turn 11, I will go to Hogwarts. They, <laughs> might, they might contact me. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's, I may get this wrong, but I think that that is a specific genre of fantasy called a, I believe it's called like portal fantasy. Ooh. Yeah. Which is the idea, like there are some, like Game of Thrones, where it's just a different world. Mm-hmm. Or Middle Earth, Westeros. But then there are some where it's like, it could, it's your world and there's some kind of gateway, Yeah, you know? And I think that is really intoxicating, especially for kids because this sounds, but like you sort of do see the possibility for magic yes. in ways adults don't. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. It's so great. I wish I'd had the experience of reading it as a kid uh, and thinking like, oh, maybe I'll get my Hogwarts. Life. Yes, truly. It was like... Yeah, I would feel like drunk with power thinking of what I would do when I got to Hogwarts. Oh, okay. So that's a great question. So what would you have done at drunk with power between ages, what, six and however old you were when it finished? Yeah, yeah. Was there like a recurring fantasy of... Of like what I would do? I think I would have been a very good student. Mm -hmm. I would have been very scared of the defense of the the dark arts classes. I would have Mm -hmm. been like horrified by. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I... If any of the things that happened in Harry Potter, like the scary things happened while I was at Hogwarts, I would have not ever stepped up to the plate. <laughs> I, I was so. solidly not a Gryffindor. I'm like, if if put to the test, I'm sure I would do the right thing. But mm-hmm. if someone was like, who wants to volunteer to fight a dragon? I'd be like, oh, no, not me. <laughs> yeah. I would have had so much fun hanging out in the library. I would have gone to all the Quidditch games. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think that I could be on the Quidditch team until I remember that I'm, like, afraid of heights. And then I'd be like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. <Yep>. All, uh, <laughs> I mean, look, that sounds like the average Hogwarts student experience. Yeah, it's like, I just want to get in and get out. I want to have fun. Yeah. Like, see some Quidditch. But mm-hmm. I'm not trying to. Cedric Diggory myself here. Like, no, no, I don't want to die. Yeah, no. that's crazy. No. <laughs> so what is the deepest that you've ever gone? We've already talked about yeah. the quizzes <laughs> and the forced quizzing. Oh, of my friends. God. I do think the forced quizzing was pretty awful because I want to say I did that up until last year. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I will say, especially... In high school and college, anytime I had a vacation and I could just let my brain not think about school or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I would just reread the books, like in oh. order of how much I liked them and which changes all the time. But oh, wow. um, yeah, <laughs> and it out was, of order. Yeah, just because it felt I I would be in a certain mood for a certain book or sure. whatever. You know? Yeah, and it was such a nice place in my brain. I also I, maybe everyone feels this way. I just haven't talked about it with people before, but I feel like a lot of books and a lot of TV shows I rewatch, like I rewatch Downton Abbey very regularly mm. and like The Parent Trap very regularly because they feel like places to me rather than totally a story. Yeah. And so Harry Potter, I'd always be like, oh, it feels like a safe place in my mind. Yeah. Um, it's like just going home for a while and coming back. Yeah. 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 The order changes. Mm-hmm. But is there one that is there one book that yes. sort of stands out for you as like this is yes always my favorite? Uh, the Prisoner of Azkaban is like my favorite. I had a you know, I think that stands out for a lot of people, both yes. movie and book, as favorite. I think the the movie, is, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it works really well because I bet if uh, a lot of the movies, I think, out of order don't really make a lot of sense. Like, you would have to sort of know what happens before and after. Yeah. But I think that as a standalone book, honestly, 
works so well. Yeah. Um, and the story is very neatly tied together. It has its like own fun thing with the time turners. Yeah, it's like very cool. Yeah, I think a lot of books and movies try and are pretty unsuccessful with time jumping and time looping. Mm. And Prisoner of Azkaban does it really well in oh. a way that makes sense. Yes. It's not super complicated. You know, they set up, she sets up very clear rules mm-hmm. and they follow the rules and it pays off really well. How did you get there? I was talking to you there. No, you were there. What's he talking about, Harry? I know. Honestly, well, how can somebody be in two places at once? <laughs> in my all-time Harry Potter crushes, it, like, appears in that book, Remus Lupin. What was that thing? Okay. It was a Dementor, one of the guards of Azkaban. It's gone now. He was searching the train for Sirius Black. If you'll excuse me, I need to have a little word with the driver. So it's very thrilling for me. (laughs) That is a fascinating angle. Yes. Okay. Do you have a Harry Potter crush? We should discuss. Yes. Sirius Black. Oh, great. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's just sort of like tortured, but he never lost his like moral compass, even though he's an Azkaban. Like, yeah. uh, He's kind of a bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. But Remus Lupin, too, has the same. I think I like him because he is like a gentle and possibly weak version of Sirius Black. <laughs> He's just, yeah. <laughs> More, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I, I think I generally am like, oh, if a man appears smart but weak, I'm like, yes, hello. <laughs> smart but weak. <laughs> yeah, like kind, but also like physically not <laughs> really mm-hmm. imposing. Yeah. Or present. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I thought you meant weak, sort of, just like he's just generally like weak no no but, as but in physically i can't weak. imagine him really lifting a suitcase with much success yeah yeah <laughs> he is there is something kind of and maybe it's to contrast the i mean it probably is his like beast yes yeah. within but yeah yeah the description of i can't imagine him carrying a suitcase is <laughs> very could have been in the breakdown <laughs> like, can't yeah. imagine he would be very smart say the right things to the right people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if someone evil appeared, I'm sure he would try to fight them. Yeah, he'd probably be good at it. Yeah, he'd probably be good at it if it's like spells. But if mm-hmm. it was physical fighting, oh, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, and that's hot. <laughs> I, I think uh, in a similar vein of Sirius Black mm-hmm. is, and I also think it's only the way he was portrayed by Alan Rickman is Snape. There yes. is something yes. a little obsessive, true, but sweet mm-hmm. about the way... Snape is portrayed in the movies. Yes. That I don't think is true in the books. I don't think there's, at least I feel Snape doesn't have the same sweetness that Alan Rickman and torturedness that Mm -hmm. he conveys. I don't know. I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think in the books he comes up, he comes across like slimier and pointier. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? Like even physically and personality wise, but I think Alan Rickman is was such a soft, kind person that even the mean things I was like, Oh, he's secretly probably very warm. <laughs> he probably would make you a cup of tea if yes. he came over and just like be nice to you. Yeah. <laughs> um so have you been to was the Wizarding World? Okay, Either. yes. I went to the Wizarding World. Yes. I heard you were just there. I was just Oh my god, there. how was it? I mean, it was so fun. We were there for um because we were covering the opening of Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike oh Adventure, which I am very good at now saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's always it's always magical. Yeah. 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 So when have you been there? Um, when I was in college, my mm-hmm. uh, I mean, my college improv group and I mm-hmm. uh, would 
over winter break for a week go to someone's house together um and one of our uh, the one of the people in the troop had a like was from Florida, so we went to visit his house. And then one of the days we just drove to the Wizarding World, and it was amazing. What are your thoughts on real life butter beer? Okay, I will say I was a little disappointed that butter beer was clearly just a soda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I say a little disappointed, I'll say like furious. Yep. Um, because I wanted it to be that like hot beverage mm-hmm. that like was filled with liquor, you know. Yes. Yeah. So when I so, ordered it, I did ask. I was like, and how much? Like, what's the alcohol content of this? Mm-hmm. And the woman's like, none. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a theme park for children. young children and families. Like, we're not serving booze all day. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I do believe I asked another park attendant, is there another station? Like, yes. is this it for the butterbeer? Or yeah. can I get Wait. a boozy butterbeer? And they're like, no. Stop. Okay, I'm so sorry. I just remembered this is the absolute most embarrassing possible thing. Okay, so in college, my friend Cecilia and I took this science class together. Neither of us were into science. Actually, she kind of was. She's like very smart, but I think had to take this requirement. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was for chemistry, I think, some sort of chemistry-related class. And so we took this class called The Science of Cooking, where we <laughs> it was mostly cooking things, and then you'd have to learn about the science behind it, but it was very easy and basic. And mm-hmm. so all the, like, arts and English kids were doing it. Sure. Um, and at the end of the course, you got to create, like, your own dish of some kind that incorporated something you had learned earlier in the semester. And she and I were like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? And both of us were like, let's just make this as easy but as fun as possible. Like, we found one of the things, um, like a formula that's like how to make things bubble, you know, whatever. And I was, we were truly just like, we have to make butterbeer. We have to make it better than actual Wizarding World butterbeer. Better butterbeer. Yes. So we literally made butterbeer for one of our final assignments for this class uh, and then had like a full... Um, what is it called? Like a trifold? Oh, yes. The yeah. science fair. Like tri- I yes. know exactly what you mean. Like what is board. that? Yes. I don't know what they're called. But I don't either. We had one that was like a Harry Potter themed. We had butterbeer and we like fermented it over weeks and like added in all this flavor and like made it really cool. And then also had the thing to make it foamy and stuff. It was oh so glorious. Was it good? I thought so. Did you write down? What? I mean, I have it somewhere like on my computer. I can email it to you. Please. <laughs> oh, my God, I'll give you full. I will now. I will. If anyone ever comes to my home and drinks it, I'll be like, it is not my recipe. <gasps> that is, that's pretty deep, like making your own, crafting your own butterbeer recipe. Yes. It was, I will say, less mortifying at the time because everyone was our age and everyone was like excited about it. Sure. Now saying it, sort of, you know, looking back, being like, hello, I did this for a class project <laughs> as a 22 year old feels insane. I think it's so wonderful. And I think anytime <laughs> I, I, Think back to so many classes in college where it's like, if I had just chosen to have fun with this instead of really hating it, man, (laughs) I would have done better in college. Yeah, college. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So you've been a fan since you were a kid. Yes. How do you feel, particularly since most of your life you've known the story of Harry Potter, when good old JK Mm -hmm. adds or changes, (laughs) um, for example, the most recent... Dumbledore uh, and Grindelwald. Yes. Her sort of dropping that like, yes, they their relationship, I think her words were like, was had like a sexual element sure, to it. Yeah. I'm not sure she actually came out and said that they they, they had had sex or in a relationship. Right. But when... I mean, I got horned up. <laughs> we're like, yeah. 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 Okay. So like when the canon is changing, when she's sort of yeah. changing it, it's fun and exciting that it's like dynamic as mm-hmm. opposed to like, oh, my... I, 
I guess what I'm saying is I think so many times there's this reaction among fans of like my childhood, right, right. you know, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it honestly doesn't bother me that much, partly because I think I can understand from her perspective. I feel like one of the reasons why the books were so good is because she had such complete lives imagined for every single character and so even if she didn't detail all of them in the book i'm sure they existed in her brain and that's why they felt three-dimensional yeah and so i'm sure later on she's like oh wait but here are all these other details that i thought of that are true for me that i she's like i in her mind she's like i'm just wanting to share this with you so i kind of get that yeah and then on the other end of things i am truly like oh but my childhood is over so i don't (laughs) know do you know what i mean it like ended when it ended it's not going back and affecting my childhood yeah in any way i still love what I loved, and if I want to disregard whatever sexual relationships happened, which I don't want to discard. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah. no. Um, I, it doesn't really bother me at all. It is very funny I to me how seriously people take these, or like how offended they get. Yeah. Yeah. There is, that is a really good point of the argument, my childhood. It's like, well, your childhood has been over yeah. for years. <laughs> if Harry if a new Harry Potter thing is ruining your life and you're like 28, there's like other problems in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Like have an opinion. You can have an opinion, but you got to keep it in a place. Yeah. 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 Totally fair to have an opinion. <laughs> got to manage that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. I tend to agree. I think it's fun when an author or mm-hmm. someone expands the canon or what we thought was going on, especially when it feels correct. I don't know how else to say that. It yeah. feels it can feel disingenuous or like something's being invented, mm-hmm. but when it feels like, oh, I always kind of thought or like yeah. interesting. They had, yeah. Oh, the one thing that I will say I did get pissed off about for, not for the reason that it's going to sound like is when she went back and was like, why couldn't Hermione have been black? That's that mm-hmm. thing. I was like that felt like a cheap way to add diversity in hindsight after mm-hmm. she forgot to include diversity the whole yeah, time. Totally. Just cuz I'm like if Hermione were black and you had written everyone else to be white aside from like Cho Chang. Yeah. Her experience at Hogwarts, I'm sure, would have been very different than what it was. You know very what I mean? Different. Yeah. And like the fact of um, clearly imagining her to look at least something like Emma Watson and then mm-hmm. giving her this like amazing thing and like all this stuff. And then after the books were done being like, hey, you're the one who's racist for thinking she can't be black. I'm like, no, you wrote a white book. That's yeah. fine. You wrote a white book. We all love it. It was yeah. so well written that it feels universal. That in itself, that's amazing. Just yeah. own that. But don't turn around and tell me like, yeah. well, you imagined a white girl just because I wrote one? Right. Like, yeah, also because what? she wrote the Asian character to be named Cho Chang. Like, yeah. clearly she's not like oh. subtle about race. Yeah. <laughs> so, God, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so when we come back, we'll dive into a day in the life at Late Night with Seth Meyers. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Karen, we're back, and I want to talk to you a little bit about what it's like working at Late Night with Seth Meyers. What is a typical day like at late night? Okay, so uh, in the morning we all get in either 9.30 or a little bit before, and then 
depending on whether you're monologue or sketch or whichever one you're sort of picking for the day, I guess, uh, monologue writers have deadlines throughout the day. There are two writer's assistants who are super awesome named Kyle and Aileen, and they write up a whole bunch of setups based on the news that are just like one word, quick summaries of a, of a headline. Um, and then based on that, we write punchlines. And so we write three, four pages of those until about 1.30, and then we send them into our head writer, Alex Bays, who then reads through and picks the ones he likes. Um, and then at 2 o'clock, we go in for a reading with Seth, who mm-hmm. sort of speed reads through all the ones that Bays had picked and then highlights the ones he liked. So it really gets the final pool of jokes that go to rehearsal are super small. And then at rehearsal, which is at 4.15, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we have another deadline before. So between that, we have a deadline, and then we go to rehearsal at 4.15, uh, with the live audience and we try out our jokes on them and then we see what lands and what doesn't and then at 5.30 we have the final deadline and then 6.30 is a taping. There are like three, in my mind, three tracks of writing that happen throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, not, but in a way, mm-hmm. we we joked, but everyone is sorted. Your mono yes. sketch yeah. <laughs> or sort of like cl- team closer look. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think you're right. And yeah. you're mono. I'm mono. Okay, cool. Yeah. Is it fun, stressful, all of the above? Yeah, it's mostly very fun. I think the only times it's stressful is if I'm having an off day in terms of being able to think of funny jokes. And then around one o'clock, I'll be like, oh, no, I don't have enough jokes. And then be like, rapid fire, like, <laughs> just like write a bunch of stuff. Um, and I feel like Bayes can easily tell when he's like, last page is just, oh, Karen, no. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but it's mostly very fun. And it's nice to have deadlines because when they're done, we like, because we're all in the same room. Um, yeah. We just sort of hang out and goof off and do bits and stuff. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it sounds very fun. The more you talk about it, the more I'm like, this is comedy Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> You're sorted <laughs> yes. and it's congenial. Maybe some competition, but maybe mostly, <laughs> you know, you play Quidditch, whatever. <laughs> totally, totally. So you recently, we were just talking about it. We're in a very funny segment. What does Karen know? Yeah. <laughs> based on you and Seth being of different generations yes, yeah. and having different points of reference. <laughs> One of our writers, Karen, just turned 24 years old. To give you an idea of how young that is, the year I graduated college, Karen was graduating from milk to solid foods. And uh, <laughs> as a result of having someone as young as Karen, we're finding out she has a much different frame of reference than a lot of us. So uh, uh, we thought we'd find out exactly what Karen knows about the past in a segment called What Does Karen Know? Thanks for being out here, Karen. Oh, yeah, so <laughs> All right, ready? What do you think the room mm. in general, if you were to pitch, like how deep do you think the room could go on Harry Potter? Are they like, sure, oh, Harry Potter wizard? Or are they like, oh, we know who, we know Robert Pattinson was in Harry Potter. I don't know why that would be I actually helpful. don't think they would know Robert Pattinson was in Harry Potter. Mm, I wonder. Mistake. I'm actually going to answer this, or I'm going to try this out on Thursday, but I bet the only other person who's obsessed or was obsessed was Ian. I, I imagine if I asked like Matt Goldage, I feel like he'd be like, "I'm a dad." Okay, <laughs> please, Karen, you just turn around and go, "I'm a." You'll be like, "Hey, Matt, do you?" And he just goes, "I'm a dad." Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone else being super into it. Maybe Carnell. Maybe Ben Warheit. I think could Loki be very into Harry Potter. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it's like very the sort of like pop culture pop culture cursory knowledge yes. like we know who daniel radcliffe is and we know 
oh yes, that like Alan Rickman was in those movies, and but beyond that, uh, yeah, I think so. Interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Just to uh, wrap things up, mm-hmm. can you share if you have one one controversial Potter opinion theory something that you feel I would say strongly about that might rile other Potter fans. I feel a like an a lot of sympathy for the Dursleys, specifically Petunia. Wow. Um I don't feel that much sympathy for Vernon Dursley. I think Mm-mm. he's just a piece of shit. But <laughs> I think <laughs> and I don't like Dudley. Okay, so I'm just talking about Petunia. Petunia. But I feel so bad for her because she clearly had a sister who was I mean, especially in the movies, her sister's like gorgeous and she's yeah. so ugly. Yeah, really. The yeah. Actress is amazing and they made her look bad. You know, like it was yeah. just a stuff where they were like, okay, as a child, you had a sibling who was perfect, mm-hmm. who was also a witch, had these magical powers, was the favorite child. And then you were not a witch. You asked to get into that school and they were just like, no. Mm-hmm. And then so you're like, great, I'm going to cut off that part of my life and try and be happy in what I have. She sadly marries an awful man mm-hmm. and then gets this child who embodies everything she tried to avoid that caused made her childhood terrible. Yeah. Right. And then is having to take care of him. Obviously, I don't think she should have been as mean to him. <laughs> but I do feel like, oh, that I really like how J.K. Rowling wrote her character because I'm like, I get why you're so mean. Just she I don't think she writes two dimensional bad women. If that makes yeah, sense. That, that makes I, a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, I think all the women who, even the ones who are very evil, I'm like, oh, I get it, though. I get sort of how that happened to you. Yeah. And you're like a person. You're yeah. not, you're not just, she's not just an evil stepmother. There's yeah. a whole lot of psychology behind why she is the way she is. Totally. Yeah. And then the husband's just, no. <laughs> He's just <laughs> He's a bad man. Yeah. He just sucks. Yeah. Which, honestly, those men exist. Yeah, yeah for sure. He's yeah. a type as well. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I think the character in, in a lot of magic, the, the idea that there's always this one character who can't do it, who desperately wants to. Yeah. It's always kind of tragic. And I feel like, especially as an adult, I relate, this is very sad, but it's like, you can relate more and more to the character who would love to have magic. This makes my life sound very sad, but it's not. No, you know what I, mean? I really? fully know what you mean. But they've had to sort of like cope with the fact that like, well, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to have those skills. Yeah. There is something very like sad and adult about that. Totally. I almost feel like, um, I mean, this is also going to make me sound sad. Right now I'm very happily single, I should say. But there yeah. are times, you know, when you feel very lonely romantically Mm -hmm. and it feels like the whole world is in a relationship with someone else that's wonderful and you're like wait what's wrong with me like why didn't yeah i get to you know that i think is maybe a similar feeling yeah yeah and that sucks yeah yeah it really sucks and it's really relatable i would read a book about a petunia dursley yes character oh my god like the sister who's just like well i'm not magic yes so i'm gonna get a Degree and a job. Okay. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Get really good at gardening. Yes. Really good. Yeah. Karen, thanks so much. This was wonderful. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yeah. And please send me the butterbeer recipe. Yes, I absolutely will. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) And that is our episode. Thank you so much to Karen Chi for being here and talking with us and confessing all the deep, dark secrets that her soul harbors regarding Harry Potter and more, really. So you can see Karen at 
Her show she is co-hosting with Larry Owens on August 1st at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York City. It's called Decolonize Your Mind. And if I know anything, I know that it will be very funny because Karen is very funny. Larry is very funny and it'll be a wonderful show. So definitely check that out. Of course, watch Late Night with Seth Meyers on NBC at 1230 a.m. because it's the morning every weeknight and hey if you like what you heard here on boarding party go ahead subscribe download you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts itunes google play spotify a fourth choice wherever you're getting podcasts get this one baby more secrets next week bye bye